Ahoy! Welcome to Season 3, Episode 15 of Bottom of the Stream. My name is Adam. And I'm Nick. Welcome back. <laughs> I thought I'd get the names in there early this week. Means you Good always, thinking. Means always forget. How are you doing, Nick? I'm great. Yeah? All I'm good? Very ex- yeah, I'm very excited. Why? Because I'm talking to you. Oh, well, and... thanks, mate. <laughs> You're I, more I excited to talk show. about this film, aren't you? Me too. It's the highlight um, of my week. I am excited to talk about this film, yeah. Me too. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one today. Strap there's, yourselves there's in, a, everybody. There's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there really is. Um, before we kick off, shall I run through the social medias? Let's do it. Okay, follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is b- at B-O-T-S underscore podcast. Our Instagram is the same, at B-O-T-S underscore podcast. Facebook.com slash bottom of the stream. Or you can visit the website, which is www.bottomofthestream.com, where you'll find every episode we've ever recorded and both season stream tables. Or, or you can check us out on Patreon. Uh, we're now on Patreon. We have been for a little while now. Uh, that's patreon.com slash bottom of the stream. And for a couple of quid every month, you'll get some cool extra bonus features like bonus episodes and early access to episodes and a newsletter, which I've forgotten to send out and we'll do after we've recorded this. Um, uh, another stuff, stickers, wild so cards, many stickers. all sorts of stuff. We've got still got shed loads of stickers. If anybody wants a sticker, just drop us a tweet and we'll send you some. If you can't do that, then uh, please leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, which are the one and the same, or Podchaser, because <laughs> that really helps the algorithms. It really does. Gets us into the more people's ear holes. What have you been up to this week, Nick? Working hard, playing hard. No, not not that much hard <laughs> playing, actually. No? <laughs> no, not really. No, normally. Um, I've got... Um, I'm a bit behind, you know. Do you know... When people's birthdays always sneak up on you. Yeah. I've got it's both my parents' birthday in the space of the next seven days. It's my dad's birthday on Sunday as well. Oh, well, there you go. Weird. A, a, a fertile month. <laughs> Must be. It is annoying when, when people are not on Facebook and you don't get the reminders about their birthdays. That annoys me. It's pretty much oh, the only reason on. I use you Facebook need, now. <laughs> you don't need Facebook, surely. That's the only reason I use it for, just to keep track of when people's birthdays are. That's why I always forget your kids' birthdays. Put a list on. Get them on Facebook. Put a list on the fridge. (laughs) I'm not going on Facebook. (laughs) I wouldn't allow them on Facebook myself. Uh, Yeah, I need to get a calendar or something, like an old person. (laughs) An organised person. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Get a diary. I'll buy you one. Cool. Okay, deal. Get one with my face on it. I'd use it. (laughs) That's what worries me. (laughs) Have Uh, them. How about you? What have you been up to? I chopped a tree down. Ah, excellent. Not just a little tree. A fucking massive tree. Been lumberjacking? Yep. It was really scary. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. For you or the tree? For the tree, it was fatal. But for me, it wasn't, which is good. Because there was a point there where it looked like it might be. If you've come out alive, that is a, uh, a bonus. That is a bonus. Check out the details on my own personal Instagram if you can find it. You've got to now Shawshank, uh, <laughs> approximately three tons of tree. Yeah, um, there's a lot of tree in my garden leg. right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping for a really windy day so it just ends up on the neighbours' lawns instead of mine. Oh, problem That'd solved. be really handy. It was a really windy day when we were doing it. It was quite scary. You need to get a doggo so they can just jump into all the leaves. I'd love a doggo, but I'm not in the home enough. No. <laughs> so, something to aim for. <laughs> Maybe I could work at home more. And then I'd, if I worked at home, I'd definitely get a dog. Yeah, that's true. But I don't, unfortunately. 
Which is why we need more people on Patreon. <laughs> Dog fund. Got any Netflix news? Um, I was before that. I was going to ask you if you've had because uh, it's been a few weeks hmm. since we've had a uh, a game update from yourself. Oh right. Have you been, have you been playing any games? Or have um, you done any more of uh, your island adventures? I haven't. I, I started the Last of Us, the first Last of Us, okay. again because I wanted to play the second one, um, but I haven't really got that far into it. Um, Iron Man VR comes out, or will be out by the time this episode comes out. Ooh, I'm really okay. excited for that. It's like a triple A VR game oh, for the nice. PlayStation, and it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait. I'm going to actually beat Iron Man this weekend. Oh, that sounds good. Let yeah. us know how you get on. I've already week. pre-ordered it and pre-downloaded it. Oh, it brilliant. Actually launched it in three and a half hours from when we are speaking now. But I'm not staying up till midnight to do it. <laughs> good plan. <laughs> I should, that is my plan for tomorrow night. So I shall feed back on how that is next week. Are they, is there a marketing opportunity from PlayStation to uh, do a Iron Man themed VR headset? Possibly. So you, so you actually... That would be cool. Iron Man's helmet on. That would be cool. Yeah. Maybe. I'll, uh, I'll get on the blower to him. Get on the get on the blower to old Sony. <laughs> yeah. But I think for The Last of Us Part 2, I might wait for the PlayStation 5. Fine. I've never played the first one, but I do have the first one. Um, yeah. I've, I've get it played. It's good. It. Yeah. We, I, I've, I, just, I've, I have finished I it. I just to. wanted to do it again before I played the second one. I just haven't got there yet. I haven't played Stranded Deep for ages. Right. I kind of got to a point in that where I'd got everything I needed from it. Yeah, you felt you'd... Conquered. I'd survived, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> was like, long enough. You didn't need to get to the end of the I game. Was just so living, I was just living a life on an island at the end of it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, nothing's really happening. I've got too wasn't much enough. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are the end game bosses that I could have attacked if I wanted to, but maybe I'll go back but, to it at some point. Uh, that's that's not the realistic part, is it? You know, you'd, you'd, you'd set your guy up for, for life. Yeah, you can survive on his own now. He doesn't need me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I like your style. Thanks. Um, what was the original question? <laughs> Have you got any Netflix news? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I've got a little bit of news. Well, not really news, just um, things that I've noticed are soon to come onto Netflix. One of which one of which has come on today, actually. Okay. Uh, and, and they sound interesting. Um, two words for you. Go for it. Warrior Nun. Wow. <laughs> Warrior nun? Yeah. I'm up for it. Is that like Ninja yeah. Warrior only with nuns? <laughs> no, it's an actual drama. So. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, slash sci-fi uh, slash um, warrior nun. Um, <laughs> so that has arrived on Netflix today. Uh, and it is the story of a nun brought back to life to uh, fend off demons, basically. That sounds with amazing. sick martial arts skills and um, magic powers. I am up for that. So, uh, I believe it is Spanish, but the whole first series has arrived on Netflix today. Uh, I saw the trailer earlier, and it looks like a lot of fun. I will be checking that out as soon as so, we finish. I'll look for some trailers. So, yeah, go and try that out. Um, I will. A not new thing, but okay. new to Netflix, uh, Spaced has arrived. I heard this. That, that came up a bit out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting yeah. it to arrive. It turned up um, with Hot Fuzz the other day. Yeah, so Spaced was definitely not on they they hadn't sort of advertised it you're right no. it's coming soon uh, but it has dropped um so yeah remind me what Britbox is for again <laughs> god knows uh, do you know anybody who's actually got it no no nor me no, i've not, not heard of anybody getting it 
So if you've not seen Space, go and watch Space. There's only like, what, 12 episodes, 14 yeah. episodes? Yeah, uh, there's not yeah, many. I've, I rewatched it recently. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it for a long time. Earlier this year, yeah. at some point this year, I've rewatched it. Yeah, it's obviously, if you're not aware, it's the first thing that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did together. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really wicked. It's brilliant. It's a really, really good little sitcom. Mark Heap's in it as well, isn't he? Yes, he it's, is. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Definitely go and check out Space. There's loads of good stuff appeared on Netflix over the weekend. Yeah, loads. it's weird, isn't it? How, how, what they decide to market, for yeah. want of a better term, and what they just sneak on. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. So yeah, I do fancy rewatching that. Do it. I watched it. I think I watched it during the beginning of lockdown. Okay. It might have been before then. That recent? Yeah, like, like, definitely this year. At some point cool. this year. But yeah, it's really good. Nice. It doesn't take that long. Like you said, there's only, I think there's, I want to say 14 episodes. Yeah, it might be seven each series. Yeah, there's no, definitely two it. seasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, cool. so, so we're definitely going to be checking out those. Yeah, 100%. Um, I do have some other news. It's kind of it's it's more related to last week's movie not specifically netflix related chuck it in um, now. so it's gary news gary um, news yeah yeah i'm gonna make a jingle breaking, for gary news breaking, breaking gary, gary news. news um gary oldman yep who was in our movie last week yeah um so vocally i i found out Something so ironic, and I just love it so much, I have to share it. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Gary Newman <laughs> yeah, is two weeks older than Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How amazing is that? That's crazy. So Gary Oldman that. is actually Gary Newman, and Gary Newman is actually Gary Oldman. Yeah, I know. Whoa, that's like meta. <laughs> we're falling into a sinkhole there. Yeah, we're down the rabbit hole now. That's brilliant. So, yeah, I love. I, I I was laughing for about three days. <laughs> I was like, I've got to save it. I've got to save I can it see that is right up your right up your street <laughs> for humour. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> yeah, they're still tickling me now. <laughs> Talking of random, uh, Ga- go on. Gary Newman. Sorry, I was just gonna say. It always makes me think of the mighty Boosh where he just lives in the cupboard <laughs> in the shop. Anyway, I love the Boosh. <laughs> Uh, talking of random, Netflix have announced a documentary that's coming on July the 29th. It's, okay. It's called Speed Cubers. I, I'm, I'm in. I don't know what that is, but is any it Rubik's, Rubik's Cube? Yes. Amazing. It's a documentary about people who can solve the Rubik's Cube really fast. Oh, And competitive great. speed cubing. Check out the trailer. It looks mental. It looks so much okay. fun. Uh, yeah, that's dropping. It's called Speed Cubers. It's dropping on July the 29th onto Netflix. Definitely going to go and find that. <laughs> I'll try and maybe put the trailer on Twitter or something during the week. Um, my last bit of news, my only other bit of news, is that Ozark has been renewed for a fourth and final season. Um, they've announced that today or yesterday, I think. They're doing the Breaking Bad trick, aren't they? Splitting it into two. Yeah, they've expanded it to 14 episodes and splitting it into two. Part Season four, part A and B. Part A. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. So I've I've watched the first season of Ozark, but I never went back to it. And there's not really any reason why I didn't. I, quite, I did quite enjoy it. So maybe at yeah. some point I will pick it back up again. But yes, it's done. It's finishing at the end of season four. Have you ever watched it? No, it's on the list. Just never got around to it. I think yeah. I've mentioned this before. and I'm not sure why we haven't, because uh, one person in my house is a massive fan of Jason Bateman. Uh, so. It's like your youngest. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a massive Arrested Development fan. So um, yeah, we, we we'll get to it at some point. Might, it might be when the whole thing's out, but <laughs> that's probably the best way to do it. Just binge it. Is it too is is it different enough to Breaking Bad? I don't know really anything yeah, about it. Yeah, I, no, it's I, not a lot like Breaking Bad. Okay, fine. There's not. No, I wouldn't compare it to Breaking Bad at all. Oh, cool. I don't know, I don't know why, why I've got that assumption. It's just... It's because about drugs. Yeah. I don't know what I'd compare it to. Have you been watching anything good at the top of the stream? Uh, I've watched Will Ferrell's latest. Oh, have you? Uh, the Eurovision movie, Fire Saga. Any good? Uh, it's it's. I found it pretty funny, um, <laughs> but I've got quite a high tolerance for stupid comedies. Yeah, I mean, a I, lot more than I, I am not saying it's a great film. Because I do not think it is grateful, <laughs> but it, I found it. It did raise a few smirks for me. I think there's a lot of well, there is. There's a hell of a lot of jokes that went over my head because I know nothing about the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, I think I've watched like maybe it once. We all watched <laughs> and, it together once. Yeah, I think that's the group of mates, probably so the only it? time I've watched it. Probably the only time I've watched it all the way through. Because one one of our friends is obsessed with it, isn't she? Yeah. And there's loads of cameos in it. There's a whole like song and dance number which is just eurovision person past entry after another I but see. i didn't know who any of them were <laughs> apart from the one with the, with the guy with the beard that's the only one i knew <laughs> is it conchita versed oh yeah i've heard the name um all the others yeah i had no idea so <laughs> but i'm sure that would have been great if i'd have had that knowledge no uh, but it's, it's as usual will ferrell fair oh, i won't be checking it out does no, not, I didn't think you would. Does not appeal to me in the slightest. And then watched another film last weekend, which was an absolute hidden gem. Uh, okay. And that's what we're I actually, about. I think it might have actually been on our list. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll take that off the list now, then, shall I? Yeah, but I need to go and check. But I because I think I I may have seen the uh, the thumbnail. Uh, it's called Adult Life Skills. It's a British film, um, starring Jodie Whittaker. Oh right, okay. And I can't say I've ever heard of it. Brett Goldstein. Oh, really? Yeah. I love his podcast. And it's it's really good. So it's about a a um uh, a young lady who lives in her mum's shed. Uh, she's struggling to uh, sort of cope with the aftermath of her death of her brother. Right. Um, uh, and it's and then she kind of uh, starts looking after this kid who lives next door because uh, his mum's in hospital. And it's 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 not like uplifting stuff until right at the end so they both go on a journey and it's, it's um yeah it's a bit of a tearjerker cool. but a uh, really really sweet film oh check it uh, out i can confirm yeah. it is not on our list oh it's not oh, that's all right it makes me feel better <laughs> you've not screwed me over there <laughs> no i'll check that out it sounds good i do enjoy brett goldstein's podcast if you've not listened to it listen to it it's really good he's good in this movie as well yeah cool talking of good podcasts just yep. quickly um you recommended the king cast to me a little while ago uh, I, yes, but I, I've listened to one, but that's only because of my interest in The Dark Tower. I've not been back and listened to any more, but I really enjoyed the one I listened to. I've listened to quite a few of them now, because obviously I'm a huge Stephen King fan, as we all know. Sure. Um, it's more based around the films of Stephen King, uh, and okay. then comparing them to the books. So the guest who comes on picks a property, and then they discuss the film slash book. But this week's episode is, the guest is Mike Flanagan. Oh, great. And he talks about 1408. Sure. So it's well worth listening to. It's a really interesting interview and it's a really good podcast. And the, he, d- he didn't do that, did he? No. But no, I, I didn't think he did. That was the film that got him into 
making films in the first place, apparently. Oh, I see. So okay. it was the film that inspired his first... Was Oculus was his first film, I think. Yeah. And 1408, 1408 inspired that. But he does talk. He talks about Gerald's game and he talks about Dr. Sleep all the way through it. He even mentions Horsch a few times. Cool. So, yeah, check that out. It's a really interesting interview. And it's a really good podcast. If you're into Stephen King book slash films, check out The King Cast. It is really good. Yeah, I will check that out. That's sounding interesting. Like I say, the episode I listened to, which was about the... Uh, the failed TV and uh, movie ad- adaptation of the Dark Tower was was fascinating. Fascinating to learn all about a, how much effort goes into a TV show that then eventually doesn't get made. Sure, it must it's, be heartbreaking. It was, it was uh, Glenn Mazzara was the guest, yeah. wasn't he? He's he's been a showrunner on The Walking Dead previously, yeah. and he he basically put three years of his life into this project, and then and uh, it. It never happened. It didn't get a commission by Amazon after. Even it even filmed a pilot, casted it, everything, and then they yeah. just didn't take it to series. It must be heartbreaking. Um, there's a really good episode with Elijah Wood. Okay, I can't remember what. Oh, what does he talk about? I can't remember what he talks about. Misery. He talked about misery, and but he hadn't read the book. He'd only seen the film. Okay, so they're kind of guys are trying to t- talking to him about what happens in the book compared to what happens in the film, and that was really interesting as well. I uh, I have a strange relationship with that movie because I remember reading the book first. Yeah, thought it was amazing. Watching the film, didn't like it at all, and I, I've never seen it since. I would quite like to watch That's it. That's really and... strange because, in my opinion, it's the one of very few times where the film's better than the book. <laughs> so I was, this is this is going back many years. So yeah. I, I don't know if I'd still have that opinion, but I, I can distinctly remember I'm... that was my opinion many many years ago. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Misery the book. I mean. Obviously, it's a Stephen King book, but I don't know. It just never really got me, but I really enjoy the film. I watched the film again recently. The film's on Netflix. I watched it yes, recently. Yeah, uh, I watched it recently, and it's really good. I really enjoy the film, but I'm not a big fan of the book. And that very, very rarely happens. Anyway, we could talk about Stephen King all night. That's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been watching? I've started watching Community on your recommendation. Oh, how are you doing? I'm 13 episodes into season one and loving it. Good. It's really I good. It's, I can't believe I've never seen it before. I can't believe I've never done it. It's just, uh, it's hit after hit. It is. Every <laughs> it's episode is just really classic. funny. The relationship between all of the characters is really good. Yeah. yeah it's great. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've also started watching The Floor is Lava. Oh, now, okay. <laughs> um, I watched the first one and I was texting you whilst I was watching it because you'd said to watch it. And it's very American. It's, and it's brash very brash anything, isn't and it? loud. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm not sure about that after I'd watched it. And now I've watched eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't. I just thought, oh, it's something easy to just turn on when you're not doing anything. And it's quite good fun. It's it's stupid. I'd love to have you a go at it. You don't need. Yeah, yeah, sure. You don't need to listen to what's going on. No, not at all. And you can kind of tune out of the. Completely. Until somebody falls in. Then, commentary. Aren't you? Yeah, until somebody falls in. Or you, there's some people that you really want to fall in. Oh yeah, and then when they do, it's really it's really good. But I, is those um is it one of the first couple of episodes when there's those triplets? Yeah, in in the stars and stripes yeah, vest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were not likable. Not at all. Some of them are so difficult. There's like some of the rooms are virtually inescapable. The um the one that always sticks in my mind is is it the kitchen where they've got the like the bar stools? Yeah, they're they're Just they're an absolute killer. Impossible, and the. The astronomy room with the bit in the middle that moves. Oh, yeah. No, but it doesn't even look like it's going to move, and then it moves, and you just fall in. And they changed the format about halfway through the series as well. Cause the- yeah, that was weird, because I, I described it to you last 
week when we don't I'd only watched uh, two or three of them. Yeah. And then watched two more and they they completely changed how many people are in a team and yeah. what you have to and do. How many teams them. are in the show? Some yeah. of them are three teams and some of them are two teams, but the episodes are always the same length. It's really weird. Yeah. It's like they're just testing out the best format for it and I think season two will probably be better. Because I'm sure it will get renewed. That's great. It's just a great content. And I love that you win a lava lamp. Yeah. I love that. Ten grand on a lava lamp. Why not? That's what I did this week. Made a lava lamp. I saw that on Instagram. How did that happen? How did that work? What happens? How do you do it? It was really cool. <laughs> it's just a, just a bit of an experiment. So it was like uh, three quarters of a, a cup, three quarters full with vegetable oil, quarter of water, um, and then obviously they they settle into the layers. Um, drop a, a load of food colouring in. That changes the colour of the water, and then um, just put some alka seltzer in, and that creates the the bubbles and the fizz and then there's the water goes up into the oil you got a lava lamp that's amazing they did look really good i was watching i was seeing it on instagram my kids were absolutely fascinated is it like, can we go back can we do it, again? The, do it again there's a reason for people to try and find both of our instagrams today now there you go <laughs> you've got to try and find them though we're not going to tell you where they are no <laughs> i don't know why that's just become a thing now <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> there's nothing on there i don't want people to see you can see no, my boring life to... if you want to yeah. see that's tree <laughs> yeah go and check out my tree in nick's lava lamp that's it. I haven't really watched anything else this week. Been too busy, cool. too busy lumberjacking. <laughs> In suspenders and a bra. Yeah, always. No matter <laughs> what I'm doing. So, shall I quickly run through the Netflix top ten? That's changed, Why not? Changed a little bit since last week. Uh, oh, talking of Stephen King films, at number ten this week is The Green Mile. Okay. Recently launched over the weekend. People always forget how long The Green Mile is as a film. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, people have obviously started watching that and gone probably gone. Oh, I remember when I um, I got I got that originally as in its original format as a book. Yeah. So you know when it came out in the there's like six, six mini books, six mini books. Yeah, yeah I've got that as well. I've got yeah. both actually. I think. Yeah, that's in at number ten. I love the Green Mile. I'll go and check it out. It's on for three hours and eight minutes though, so be warned. Um, Line of Duty. Bring a hold- cushion. <laughs> yeah, Line of Duty's holding its place in the top ten. This is that film we spoke about last week that we'd never heard yeah, of. I, I still don't know what it is. How do I? <laughs> that's in at number nine. Uh, number eight is Snowpiercer. That seems to because that's coming out weekly. That's sticking into the top ten. Yeah, steady every Eddie. week. Steady. I've, I'm a, I've fallen a few behind on that now. I think I'm three behind on that, but it is good. Uh, number seven is The Nut Job. That's an uh, animated film, it's isn't car- it, about squirrels? Cartoon, yeah. With his grouchy attitude gets him kicked out of the park, Sully the squirrel hatches a plan to rob Maury's nut shop to stock up for winter. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't just laugh at nut shop. <laughs> Definitely not. Getting the kids on that at some point? I'm sure they'll love it. it looks good. They might have already watched it. Probably been at work. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of things that you've watched, uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again is at number six. I've uh, not seen that one. Have you not? <laughs> no, not the sequel. Is that this weekend's Managed plan? Managed to stay clear. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number five is 365 Days. Still there. Still in the top five. Those are dirty people watching Netflix. Dirty pigs. Remember Duffy, the singer? Yeah. She's had a bit of a whinge about it this week. That's And it glorifies the rape culture. So Netflix have responded to that and there's been a bit of a heated Twitter exchange. Oh. Uh, number four is Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. I thought I'd be higher than that. What did I say it was? Four. Yeah, it's four. <laughs> oh, you're just checking yourself. <laughs> I thought I'd said seven, and I didn't. I said four. <laughs> okay. uh, number three is The Floor is Lava, something else we've already spoken about. Uh, number two is The Sinner. Not watched any more of that. Oh, okay. Are you going to, or <laughs> you just haven't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just haven't. Okay, just... fair enough. 
Uh, and number one this week is Unsolved Mysteries. All right, okay. Which is a new TV series. It's like a, it's an old show, isn't it? Then, but it's been re- it is, yeah. remastered, a re, what do they call it? Remade, not remade. Reimagined. Reimagined and brought back for Netflix. Who produces? Who's presenting that? Uh, Anyone? I'll put you on the spot. Sorry, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody. I don't think. Okay. It says real cases of dis- perplexing disappearances, shocking murders, and paranormal encounters fuel this gripping revival of the iconic documentary series. Yeah, there you go. It's supposed to be really good. It's got really highly, re- highly, re- it's really highly reviewed. Sorry, I was yawning. <laughs> that's okay. Am I boring you that much? <laughs> I don't think it has a host. Okay. Nobody's credited as a host or a narrator or anything. Fair enough. I don't know. It's got a few actors credited, so. Yeah, it is. It's like reenactment. It's produced by Jeff. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) I was going to say it's produced by Jeff Goldblum, (laughs) but it's Jim Goldblum. That must be his brother. So, yeah, check that out. It's number one on Netflix. You probably already have checked it out. Have we got anything else we want to talk about before we get into this mental film? No, let's tackle this (laughs) one. Okay, so this week we watched a film called The Bad Batch. Uh, it's a little bit older. It's from 2016. It's a 15, runs for one hour and 58 minutes, and it's currently rated at 5.3 on IMDb. Is that the longest film we've done this season? Off the top of my head, I think it probably oh, I is. I think it probably is. We don't go to two hours very often. Uh, Fast Colour might have been there or thereabouts, but I don't think it was quite this long. Possibly. Don't know, but it's definitely, definitely one of the longer ones we've done this season. Um, stars a lady called Suki Waterhouse, who plays a character called Arlen. Um, you'll know her from Insurgent. Uh, do you remember those films come out a few years ago? Yeah. I've, I've never seen them, but I'm aware of them. There's Insurgent, Divergent, and another one. I can't remember what the other one is. Um, she's all... Allergent, something like that. <laughs> Resurgent. It's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's also in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which came out a few years ago. Um, more recently, she was in Detective Pikachu, which I never did get to see. No, me neither. So you'll know if you probably that's the other thing things you'll probably know her from. Uh, also stars Jason Momoa. Um, now most of the people in this film don't have names. In fact, there's only Arlen that has ever given a name during the film. Um, so they they go by names. Yeah, in uh, when you like I've written what I think I would describe. Them yeah, as. They're, they're they're credited at the end as names, but they're never referenced by name in the film. Correct. So yeah. Jason Momoa is credited as Miami Man because that's what his tattoo says on his chest. Yeah, um, Jason Momoa, obviously, you'll know for he's Aquaman from all the DC Justice League films and sure. the Aquaman film. Rather randomly, there's also in this film is Keanu Reeves and Jim Carrey, yeah. who both play completely unrecognisable characters, and you wouldn't know them without knowing that it was them. Does that make sense? Especially so on, Jim Carrey. On- just on the Jim Carrey thing briefly, because I know at the end of last week's episode, we'd said that he was in it. Yeah. I had totally forgotten. <laughs> and it wasn't until about the third time his character came on screen that I was, I was like, he looks familiar, actually. Oh, it's Jim Carrey. <laughs> I that, had a very similar thing because I was like, I always look through IMDb as I'm watching the film to make, make notes and stuff. And I was like, Jim Carrey's supposed to be in this. I wonder when he's going to show up. And I got about halfway through and I'm like, mm, Jim Carrey's still not showing up. And then I googled Jim Carrey the Bad Batch, and I was like, "Fucking hell, it's that guy!" And you just, you just would not know. It is unrecognisable. It's the first time Jim Carrey's ever had a role where he doesn't speak at all during the film. He has no lines of dialogue whatsoever. So 
and he plays a character that's credited as the Hermit. Okay, um, I called him Trolley Man. So did I. <laughs> did you? <laughs> Shopping Trolley Man. Why is Jim Carrey taking on roles like this? I don't... He's good, though. He's, oh, he's excellent, isn't it? But it doesn't have to know. be Jim Carrey, it's... does it? Oh, no, not at all. He's under a, you know, like you say, he's unrecognisable under completely a unrecognizable. Yeah, completely unrecognisable. I can't tell you enough how unrecognisable he is. Well, you don't know, do you? Do, you know, does does he sign on to this and it helps it get made? Is he coming on after some of these other guys are already signed on to it? You, you just don't it's, know the circumstances. It's really weird, but like I say, it has no lines of dialogue whatsoever. And it's, he's in it quite a bit. Yeah, this, the scenes that he's in are long scenes. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he's not a central character to this. No, not at all. Keanu Reeves, on the other hand, is also unrecognisable. But he he just have dialogue. He is one of the main characters in the film. Although there isn't many characters in the film. Um, he plays a character called The Dream. He's uh, he's taken Paul Rudd's moustache from uh, Mute. I thought he looked, yeah, he has. <laughs> That's a great show. I thought he looked like Tony Clifton for it when Man on the Moon. He did, he did yeah. Which was Jim Carrey, randomly enough. But yeah, he at least he has dialogue in it, and he plays like the the boss of the city, doesn't he? That they live in. Yeah. Written and directed by a lady called Anna Lily Amapour, who is pretty much unknown, but she did do a film a few years ago called "A Girl Walks oh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night," which is really, really highly regarded and is supposed to be excellent. Um, I think it's I saw it described, and I might even go and search yeah, I it thought, out. I thought uh, I might go and check it out. It does sound really uh, good. As, the first Iranian vampire movie. Yeah. It's black and white, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it sounds really interesting. Let me see if I can find this synopsis. It was a couple of years before this. It's from 2014. Uh, it says, in, a, in the Iranian ghost town Bad City, a place that reeks of death and loneliness, the townspeople are unaware that they are being stalked by a lonesome vampire. It does look really good. It's supposed to be really good. It's rated as 7 on IMDb. Okay. So... Oh, I, I think I will. I think I will go and check that out at some point. If it's as batshit crazy as this film, then it should be quite good fun. That lady wrote and directed this film, if I didn't say that earlier. Do you have a one-word review of The Bad Batch? Sandy. <laughs> From Greece. <laughs> so, where does this no, film start? literally, literally Sandy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sand in it, set in a desert. Where does this film start, Nicholas? Uh, it starts with a voiceover yep. and uh, a black screen. Yep. So we are hearing a prison guard, I guess, yep. dismiss a prisoner. Yes. She's kind of being released, but turns out not being released. Sure. <laughs> so she gets a- released from prison into the bad badge. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, she gets a number tattooed onto her head and she uh, these two cops lock her behind a fence in the middle of this desert. Yeah. And she's just left there. And it seems that she's left there to fend for herself. Um, there's a sign just inside, which I took a photo of, so I'll read out what it says. Oh, I was very... Uh, good planning. Very good, uh, very good planning. I couldn't read it, so I got up and stood in front of the telly to read it. And then <laughs> I thought, well, I might as well take a picture of this while I'm here. Um, so it says, Beyond this fence is no longer the territory of Texas. That hereafter, no person within the territory beyond this fence is a resident of the United States of America or shall be acknowledged, recognised or governed by the laws and governing bodies therein. Good luck. And then it's that's repeated again in Spanish. So I was like, oh, yeah, interesting. So, so basically they've cordoned off this desert behind this big, fe- big 
big fence and that's just where they push push all the people they don't want to deal with anymore. Sure, and it's not even necessarily criminals. No. I think this is a comment on it's 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 people that society in inverted commas has determined are not useful. Yes. So be it because they're poor, uh, underprivileged in whatever way. Yeah. So rather than society having to help those people, they're all chucked into beyond this fence it, into the desert. It appears even people uh, like mentally ill people are pushed in there. Yeah. It's not a very nice so, place. <laughs> no. And, uh, one one of the things I found really interesting is that we never find out why yeah. Arlen has been sent there. No. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting. And I, it did not necessarily matter to me. No, I, I agree. It was an interesting choice because there's other characters that we do find out why they are. Yeah. Um, but we don't with our lead character. Yeah. It, I noticed that. It is quite interesting. And it doesn't really explain uh, anything about what it is either. You kind of piece that together for yourself. Sure. But yeah, it's quite interesting. And it's a big old area because there's like little towns that have been built up inside it. So it's quite a huge area of the Texas desert by the sounds of it. And she's left with just like one gallon bottle of water. Yeah, pretty much a hamburger hamburger. randomly. Yeah, and that's pretty much all they leave her with. And then she's just got to live and fend for herself in this desert. Uh, the first thing she does is finds this abandoned car, just like where she just she goes in just to get some shelter, doesn't she? Because yeah. the sun's obviously beating down. She puts her makeup on as well in the mirror, and while she's looking in the mirror, a kind of super-powered golf buggy comes up behind her. Yeah, yeah. And she figures this isn't good, and she starts running. So she runs and runs and runs and runs and runs, but eventually this person dives out of this buggy and tackles her to the ground. That's a great shot. So it's it's like. <laughs> A-team style yeah. diving spear out of this <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It cuts straight into the title card from there. And when it comes back from the title card, she's kind of tied up on a blanket on the floor in this desert outside this like caravan area. Yeah, she's like in a... Uh, she's shielded from the sun in like the... It's, it's part of a fuselage of a plane. There was it? a lot of people who lived in planes. Where did so all these this, planes this come camp- from? This whole camp was was basically in an aeroplane graveyard. Yeah, there was lots of uh, abandoned planes. While she's lying there tied up, somebody comes up and injects something into her arm, uh, which is quite gruesome. And then, to make it even more gruesome, somebody comes up with a hacksaw and hacksaws her arm off. Yep. (laughs) And then, also, she gets her legs chopped, uh, one of her legs chopped off. Yeah, so it's her right arm and her right leg. Yeah. So this is like, what the fuck? (laughs) What? This is like less than five minutes into the film I would say and she's also already got an arm off and a leg off um, cut to there from that to a part that made me laugh out loud um, <laughs> we are in a camp full of bodybuilders yeah. and they're all it's like an 80s montage of them working out with it's all like the shirts short, on short, short, short shorts everywhere Yeah, all, nobody's got a um, shirt on they're all working out with like makeshift weights and whatever shit people use who I've no idea what bodybuilders do. I've We're definitely a camp hard, hard body, aren't we? Yeah, it just made me laugh. <laughs> it just looked silly and it was really good. Um, Jason Momoa's obviously there because he is the most henchman in the world. And you sort of get a panning shot of all these, uh, you know, I wouldn't say roided up, <laughs> but, but who knows? Um, you know, all these bodybuilders, male and female, yeah. um, all around this camp. And 
the in sort of interspersed between them you see there there are more people sort of tied up with missing various limbs yes because it turns out they're bodybuilding cannibals <laughs> of course they are <laughs> obviously um cut back to arlen and she i don't know how i'm going to say that i'm not how i'm going to describe what she does here She's done a dirty protest, she, Adam. She has indeed. She has done a dirty protest and covered herself in it. So she's absolutely covered in shit, basically. And one of the ladies comes up and thinks, well, she needs cleaning up now. So she. she, she see, I thought it was quite a good bit of acting because she, she just comes along and she's just like, oh. <laughs> all I wanted to do was work out. Yeah. And now I've got to deal with now this. I've got to deal with this lady covered in shit. So she grabs the one leg that Arlen's got left. And just pulls her through the desert. And Arlen kind of ends up lying on top of this like metal rod, iron pole type thing. Yeah. And she cracks this woman, completely knocks her spark out. I don't know if she kills her, but she, she knocks her out, definitely, with this rod. And manages to crawl away. Yeah, she drags. she's literally dragging herself with her one good arm. Sorry, I just need to sit up. I'm all lowered down. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so she kind of crawls away with a one arm, one arm, one good arm and a one good leg, um, and she finds a skateboard. I love this. <laughs> I was thinking, they made me laugh. I thought, what use is a skateboard in a desert? Because it was very sandy where she was. Uh, but eventually, she finds this like hard patch of sand, and she's like lying on her back, scooting herself on the skateboard with one leg. Yeah, so almost like a mechanic would to go under a car. Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> That's how she escapes. But eventually she, she runs out of energy because she seems to have gotten quite a long way. You can't see the camp anymore. Um, nobody's thought to follow her. I don't know where everybody went. And then these two like crows start climbing all over her. Yeah. She's she's ready to die because she's knackered. Um, but then this dude comes up with a shopping trolley. He'll be like, oh, he looks vaguely familiar, but I've no idea who it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jim Carrey's character, the hermit. Uh, he just basically just walks around pushing this shopping trolley for the whole film. And he picks her up and he puts her in his trolley. And he takes her to this, like, what do you call it, a makeshift town? Yeah, you you see it from her point of view. So you don't really get a good view of the town, do no. you? Uh, you just see a group of people standing over her. Yeah. Um, and He walks away. He just leaves her there and then... They talk Spanish, away. don't yeah. they? Yeah, he walks away. Uh, and then the screen fades out. Yeah. It, it comes up on the screen. There's like a sign, isn't it, that says, Welcome to Comfort. Yeah. So the place is called Comfort. Yeah, and then the screen fades out and it comes back. It's five months later. So we're now 20 minutes into the film and there's not been a word of dialogue, no, by the way. No, not at all. Not a single word uh, yet. And I thought it's one of the best first 20 minutes of a movie we've seen. Yeah, agreed. It really sets itself up quite nicely, doesn't it? I actually wrote down, I'll, I'll tell you the point where there's some dialogue because I wrote down the first point. Um, but it isn't yet. Um, well, from Arlen, anyway. Basically, and then you just get like a montage of a tour of this like town area, don't you? And you just like people just, there's even like street food sellers and yeah, entertainers. And there's a crazy man who's just walking around rambling in the street. And, and he, he, all he keeps saying is you must remember one thing and forget everything else over and over and over again. That's uh, Giovanni Rubisi. It is indeed. Who? So he's he's in this even less than Jim Carrey. Yeah, <laughs> and he's in like plays less of a part. He's in like two obviously. scenes. Yeah, I love Giovanni Rubisi. He's brilliant in everything he does. 
Um, but yeah, he's, he's barely in this. And again, it's like, how are, they, how are these big names attached to this project? Um, she asks him what it is, what it is that she should remember, and he won't tell her he kicks off at her, don't he? Yeah. Um, and then walks, he's just a crazy person. Um, turns out she's now got a prosthetic leg. Which is, yes, a very squeaky, yeah. uh, uh, antique almost prosthetic yeah. leg. But it's, it's enabling her to walk upright, which is good. Uh, what I wanted to point out to you, like, I don't know if you know this, all of the effects in this film are in-camera effects. There's no CGI. Oh, really? No. So all of the all of the points where she hasn't got a leg or an arm are all practical effects. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. I don't know how you'd do it in some of the scenes. No, especially not with the arm. Yeah, exactly. It must just be like tucked up behind her back or whatever. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Cut from there to back to Jason Momoa's Miami Man character. He's doing a portrait of a young girl. He's a bit of an artist, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's a considered cannibal. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's the thinking almost. man's cannibal. Yeah. Um, he finishes. He's a fine young cannibal. He finishes the the portrait, and the girl kind of takes a look at it, and then she does a little bit more to it. She takes the. She's only what ten. Yeah, I would say she so. takes the brush off Not him and, and finishes. She's character credited as Honey, but again, she isn't given. Oh, really? she isn't given okay. a name. After he's finished that, he puts on his his walkie-talkie. His walkie-talkie? His Walkman. He's got like a cassette Walkman. And he's playing Culture Club, (laughs) randomly. And a woman is outside of his... He lives in a plane as well, obviously, because of course you do. And she's kind of pleading for her life, but he can't hear her because he's got this Walkman on. And he just whacks her. She's pleading and pleading and pleading and begging for her life. But he just... He knocks her out. And then in the very next scene, it cuts from that to he's... Gutting up some obviously human remains. Yeah, he's, he's doing some butchery. Yeah, he's obviously killed her and he's he's got a leg on his table and he's he's kind of filleting a rib cage, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he's cooking. He cooks some dinner for them. His his I presume it is his wife. Yeah, I think um Yeah. It's it's who we are led to believe is Hunny's mother anyway. Yeah. Uh, and see she sort of says, doesn't she? Oh, I'm sick of the shit. I've just had enough. Yeah, I'm done. Basically. And she's kind of done. Um yeah, it's not cannibal life. Is not it's her. not an easy life, is it? Um, cut back to Arlen, and this is a really weird scene. So she's got a, I think it was like a porn magazine with yeah, I think loads was, of pictures yeah. of naked ladies in, and she cuts off the arms of all these women, and she kind of stands one stands one of the pictures up on the or sticks it to the mirror, and then goes and stands so it looks like the arms her arm. Yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" It is so. It's such a weird start to this film. There's quite a few. One of my criticisms of this film would be that there are quite a few scenes, and I think this is the first one that are quite self-indulgent. So I, I, I totally get what they're doing here. You know, she's, you know, how else is she going to? She's using her initiative, isn't she, to sort of reimagine her, her limb. Yeah, but. It took ages. It did. It was going, it went on for ages. She cut about four or five different arms out. And it did. It, go, it went we, on for We ages. have to watch the whole thing. There's, and, uh, there's a lot of scenes in this that could be cut down. This doesn't yeah. need to be a two-hour film. No. There's a lot of like just looking off into the distance and doing nothing. There's one scene later on. It just went, I was like, this is going on for far too long. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's the same one I've got. <laughs> we'll possibly. Get to that. Um, she loads a gun up at that point, And it's like a revolver, isn't it? And yeah. she just walks out of the camp. She walks out into the desert. There's got like an exit through a shipping container, haven't they? 
the harvest. And she walks out into the desert. She takes a pot shot at a bird, but misses. Uh, we cut from there, and Miami Man's... I didn't catch Miami Man's wife's name. I don't know if she's credited as anything. No, I didn't either. Um, but she's there, and Honey is there, and they're scavenging through, like, a rubbish dump. Yeah, they're at a, uh, yeah, a dump. Yeah. Trying, they've got, like, washing baskets strapped to their backs, and they're just picking out anything that might be useful to them. Um, But his wife kind of falls over or falls down. Yeah, she's reaching for... Is it a mirror? Yeah, she's something like that. She's reaching for in the dump, and... Uh, the the pile of of rubbish sort of gives way beneath her, doesn't yeah, it? And she, she she slips. There's a nice crunch sound effect. Yeah. Um, and she's yeah she's down for the she's count. Injured her leg. Cut to that from a long shot, and you can from Arlen's perspective, and she can kind of see them in the distance. She can see the golf cart. Can't yeah, see? yeah. So she knows someone's someone's over there. Yeah. So she approaches, and she asks them where they are from, and that is the first line of dialogue that she has, and that is 32 minutes into the film. Um, so you're a quarter of the way in before your main character says any words. And she says, where yeah. where are you from? And they don't really answer. They have a bit of a set two, don't they? The, the two of them. The kid doesn't speak at she, all all the way through the film. No, um, and she kind of realises that they're from Camp Hot Body, doesn't yes. she? Yes, <laughs> Camp Hot Body. Uh, it's, yeah, because the next thing she says is, does your kid eat people too? Yeah. And the lady says, she's like, we're just trying to survive. We're just like you. We're no different from you. We're just trying to survive out here. And Alan's not having that. So she... No, she's like, we're not the same. We're not the same. And she, eventually she shoots her in the head. Alan shoots her in the head in front of the kid. And the kid doesn't quite understand what's happened. No, but and I, I thought this was quite good as well. Uh, I, I thought the Suki Waterhouse was pretty good. Yeah, she this. was. And, she, and, and this was maybe the best bit of acting. So she, she genuinely looks surprised at herself. Yeah that she has pulled the trigger. Yeah, she did. And I thought you're right, I thought she was really good all the way through this. Because she holds this film up on her own. Sure. She's pretty much the only one in it. What happens then? Oh, the kid kind of sits down next to its mother and she's like... Yeah, it's just the whole like, Bambi thing. Yeah, pushing she? her arm and she doesn't understand what's just happened. Um, the, in the next scene, we see from Jim Carrey's perspective, the shopping cart man, um, again, like a long shot across the desert and he can see, he's got like a scope hasn't he like a binoculars yeah and he can see Arlen walking through the desert and then about 100 yards behind her the kids kind of just following her yeah and they head back to comfort and it's like night time now isn't it and yeah dusk is yeah the 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 food market's out it, isn't it uh yeah. people are buying stuff yeah it turns into like a proper night hot spot at night so that all the street street vendors are out and there's like there's an open air nightclub that's going on and People in the streets doing like dancing and entertaining and all sorts. It was quite a cool little town. Yeah. And the kid spots a rabbit that this man's selling for food. And she wants it. So Arlen buys her a rabbit as like a pet. Yeah, the rabbits are alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. (laughs) He's selling them for food for people to kill to eat. That's why he's selling them. Because you see him just after kill one, don't you? Yeah. Um, But she takes it and she keeps it as a pet. They kind of bond a little bit after that, the kid and Arlen. Yeah, she's, she's just like taking yeah. her under her wing a little bit, hasn't she? She's, yeah, she's taking her home. Um, cut back to Jason Momoa's Miami man. I, I love saying that, Miami man. Um, yeah. And he goes out to, he's like, where's my missus and my kid gone? They ain't come home. So he goes out and tries to find them, track them down. And he does. He finds the body in the tip. He's on like a scooter, isn't yeah, he? he's got like a so moped. Got, everyone drives around on these little mopeds. Yeah. 
Which does look quite funny with a guy of Jason Momoa's size. Sure. (laughs) Um, But he he finds them at this, he finds the body at this like tip dump where they were. And Jim Carrey's character's there, Hermit, the Hermit, whatever he's called. And he doesn't speak at all. So Momoa's like, have you seen my wife and daughter? And he shows them a drawing that he'd done, doesn't he? Can we take a minute just to discuss uh, Jason Momoa's accent? Yes. Uh, I'm so glad I have the subtitles on. <laughs> it's quite difficult to understand. It is thick. Thick. Cuban. Yes. Um, yeah, for some reason he decided he was going to play it as if he was from Cuba. But... Razor Ramon, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so. For not really any reason. Momoa's from I- uh, Hawaii. I was going to say Ireland then. He's not from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Hawaii. and So why not just have him as a Hawaiian? He looks like the most Hawaiian man in the world. So, but no, they decided he was going to be from Cuba. So he's, he tries to track, he tries to speak to the shopping cart man to see if he's seen them. And he's he's got this notebook of pictures and he yeah. shows them a sketch he's done of the girl. And it becomes clear quite quickly that Jim Carrey wants Momoa to draw, draw him. This was really funny. <laughs> it really was. He was like, yeah, he's tried to try to sort of, it's, um, Miami man didn't quite understand what yeah. what the uh, the hermit was trying to sign to him. So, and this I think this is when I spotted it, it was Jim Carrey because he does like an Ace Ventura pose. Yeah, he does. He kind he kind of thrusts his chest out, yeah, doesn't puts he? Puts his hand on like, his hips. And if I was subtitling it, I'd be like, "We paint me like one of your French <laughs> girls." And he turns the notebook to like a blank page, doesn't he? So he's yeah. like, "Draw yeah. me, draw me, draw me," but without saying it. And he does. He does quite a good drawing of him, to be fair. Very um, good, yeah. And so the hermit, he goes, turns back to the picture of the young girl, honey, and he writes on there, find comfort. So obviously Momoa now knows that they needs to find the town that's called Comfort, not just find comfort in the fact that your daughter's gone missing. Um, I've written here, they have quite the nightlife scene. <laughs> they really do. They've even got like a giant boombox DJ booth lorry. Yeah. That's like... So got- the DJ, the DJ booth is the cassette deck yeah. of this boombox. Yes. And then there's a balcony on top of the boombox, yeah. which has got like 10 people on it. It's like something right out of a mega club in yeah, Ibiza. Yeah, it's like a festival something. club scene, isn't it? It's really weird. Yeah. Um, and- it's got a whole kind of like Burning Man vibe <laughs> yeah, going on. Yeah, it really has. And the DJ introduces this new guy who's going to come out and give this speech who's known as The Dream, and is Keanu Reeves' character. And he comes out to fireworks and his own entrance music. And every, and everybody's going crazy for him. He's like the leader, isn't he? You know, he seems yes. to be highly respected and regarded. Um, and he comes out and he gives this rousing speech about what it's uh, what being a bad batch is all about and how that they can uh, survive in this situation. And the crowd absolutely eat it up, don't they? <laughs> He's got the best catchphrase. <laughs> Go on. You can't enter the dream unless the dream enters you. <laughs> He's got. He lives with quite a, a lot of ladies. He's got a hurry, and they all seem to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. The crowd absolutely eat it up, and he's. It turns out he's controlling them all with drugs. He he controls the drugs in the town. Um, yeah. He gives everyone LSD. He does. Yeah. For free like, as well. Every, if you're at this rave, yeah, you just can take a tab. queue up and get a free tab. And even Arlen queues up and gets them. She gets, she goes and gets one. Um, but while she's in the middle of doing that, the girl's rabbit escapes. 
So another thing that I didn't quite line up for me here is like, so we know she's been there five months. Yes. But I feel like the film was trying to tell me this is the first time she'd done this and been at this. Yeah, it was like she rave. It was like she wasn't aware of what was going on. Yeah, Uh, something just didn't quite ring. It appears that this happens every night. It's not like a once a year thing. Yeah, because it happens a few times during the film. But yeah, I know what you mean. It was like, why hasn't she been to this before? And why has she suddenly gone to it now? And I, and I don't think as a whole we got enough of a, a, a quite a, an overview of what what comfort was like. Yeah. Um, you know, you saw like the square, a couple of the trailers they were living in, but uh, I didn't really get a sense of... I know she'd been there for five months, but I didn't really get how she was integrated into the town because like I say it was like we were seeing this all for the first time with her yeah. uh, it just didn't quite fit do you think it was because she's just killed somebody that she was like oh I'm going to do some drugs now possibly what, what and she's just been hidden in a trailer yeah possibly previously like, could be she's like oh, I've killed somebody now I need to plausible I don't know that's maybe where it went but anyway the girls while she's queuing up for the drugs the girls rabbit escapes and she kind of wanders off through the crowd trying to follow it and find it so she loses sight of the of Arlen, basically. Um, yeah. She finds the rabbit, and the dream has it. Keanu Reeves' character has it. And he gives it back to her, but then he puts his arm around her and takes her inside. Yeah, so beckons, beckons honey in, doesn't, yeah. it? doesn't he? And that's the last time we see her for a little while. Arlen is now high, completely high. And yeah. we kind of get the feeling that we're going along with her with this, because... She's now internalizing her dialogue, and she can we can like hear her thoughts now. And all she's thinking over and over again is, "Where did the kid go? Where did the kid go? Where did that kid go?" This went on for fucking, fucking ages. ages. <laughs> <laughs> this was the scene where I wrote down, "Was like, Jesus, get on with it." Uh, yeah, the whole length uh, this trip. Yeah, was oh my word. Yeah, at least I- a good. Felt like it was 15 minutes. Yeah, I think minutes. it was probably like five or six, but it felt like a lot longer. <laughs> so yeah, she, she, on, constantly over and over again, she's like, where did the kid go? Where's that kid gone? I wonder where the kid went. It's just like that for ages. And you can tell she's high because like, the screen's tripping out around her. Um, eventually, she wanders out of camp. Again. again. <laughs> Back into the <laughs> desert. And she can suddenly see all of the stars in the galaxy in the sky behind her. Yeah, so now she's... Now she's tripping out on the stars because obviously she's in the middle of a yeah. desert. It's a big sky. Yeah. Uh, it went a bit all fast colour on us, didn't it? You know, when she when she finds bit, the colours. Yeah. And she's, that happens for a good few minutes as well. Um, I've written walking through the desert tripping montage because that <laughs> happens quite a lot. And eventually she bumps into Miami Man because she's just kind of standing in the end. She's just stood there, like looking at the sky, not not yeah. doing anything, just being fascinated by the sky. And Miami Man finds her, and he, she gives him a hug. She's like, she because she can't believe how beautiful the world is. The next morning, though, she wakes up in the desert, and he's got a fake leg. He's he taking has. it off her. And he says to her, "You are a long way from comfort." Yeah, it must have gone on for a long time this trip because she's wandered so far away from home. <laughs> like so far away from home to the point where they have when they were on the way because they get they head back there in a minute, and they have to camp out overnight. Yeah. So she's at least wandered two days away from home. <laughs> I've written that a, down later on in my notes. In like, a few how, hours. The fu- how far did she fucking walk in a few yeah, hours? The, the geography didn't quite line up, did no, it? No, it didn't. Um, so yeah, he says to her, you're a long way from comfort and without this leg, you're not going anywhere. 
And he then says to her, have you seen this girl? Is she there? Is she at comfort? And Arlen says, no, she's not. I've not seen her. She's not there. Yeah. Um, she, he, Miami man says, you're going to take me to comfort and you're going to find her. Yeah. He so said, I'm going to send you in and you're, you're going to find, find her, her and bring her out to me. Yeah. Because she's the only thing in the world I care about. That's yeah. what he and says. If you, he says, if you don't, I will kill you. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And he would. You know he would. This is going to be the longest episode we've ever done. <laughs> um, well, I'd, yeah, you say that because, I mean, a lot does happen in this, but then also it doesn't because there is a lot of just, yeah. not just, I, I don't mean to dismiss it. There, There is a lot of beautiful scenery oh, there was, and yeah. lingering shots. Sometimes when um, we're watching these films, I'm constantly writing notes. I'm like, oh, I need to write that, I need to write that. But sometimes in this, I was like, I haven't written a note for ages. Yeah. Because sure. it's like... Nothing's really happening. It's just nice to watch. Um, as they're walking back through the desert, though, a man on a moped, another man on a moped, shows up. <laughs> and he's another absolute brute. Yeah, he's, he? a, he's another hench. And he gets off his moped and he's got like this fuel can, and he offers to trade it for Arlen's leg. He does. <laughs> I presume he meant the prosthetic and not her other uh, real her, leg. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, the Miami man accepts the trade. And he he just gives a he just gives he this gives, guy gives this guy her completely yeah gives her Arlen and takes the fuel can and she's screaming and kicking on this man's back and Miami man suddenly turns around and throws a knife into the guy's leg yeah so he drops Arlen and then he throws a cleaver into his back and kills this dude so now he's got the moped the fuel and Arlen and just before uh, they take the moped yeah. and, and scoot off. Uh, he also chops the guy's arm off. He does, presumably for dinner. Quite graphically. Yeah, yeah. He chops the he chops the hand off, and then he chops the arm off, and just takes the arm and leaves the hand in the body. He does, yeah. As if he like, oh, I don't need that grisly bit on the end. <laughs> um, and they ride off together on this moped. They have to stop for a toilet break, and they get caught in a sandstorm. And he kind of protects them both with a sheet. He does, which I'm pretty sure wouldn't work. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, uh, Momo is a big guy and he's strong, but you can't hold a sheet down over two people during a sandstorm. What? I know. Not, not even if you sit on it. Mm, it wasn't that big a sheet. Oh uh, yeah, maybe not. Well, <laughs> I've never been in a sandstorm, fortunately. <laughs> the only sandstorm I know is by Darude. <laughs> That's a reference no one will get. That's a '90s reference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. At this point, they decide they need to camp overnight because it's got dark, and that's where I've written down, how fucking far did this girl walk when she's only got one leg and she was high? Either that or she's just leading him around in circles. Possibly. But again, that's that's not hinted at at all. No, not at all. she is doing that. No. Unless she just doesn't know how to get back there. Well, Because she was possibly. high when she left. And she says to him, why are you in the Bad Batch? How did this happen to you? And he he gives her this long story, doesn't he, about he's Cuban and he came from Cuba to Miami, and there's a whole he, story, and it's not he, really. That he basically says, you know, although he he had done some bad things once he came in uh, to Miami, you know, he's, uh, he his his only crime really is that he didn't have any papers, so he's yeah. a, he was an illegal immigrant. Uh, yeah. But he's he'd been. He said, I think he said, he came to Miami when he was 16. Yeah. On a boat from Cuba. Yeah. Uh, and then they sort of show each other their tattoos, don't yeah, they? Yeah, because everybody's numbered in the Bad Batch. And so yeah. they, they show each other that. But as he turns his head, because it's tattooed behind your ear. Yeah. And as he turns his head, she grabs his knife. She basically just turns on him, doesn't she? Because they have been bonding a little bit. Um, and she says, you're kind of evil. Um, I don't want to be around you. 
Yeah, she's like, I hate you. And, yeah. and this guy's like, well, I don't care. Yeah. You still stay, man. There's nothing you can do about <laughs> yeah. it. But then suddenly he takes a bullet in the shoulder out of nowhere. Nobody knows. You can't see who's shooting at him. And then this guy shows up and he's got a moped as well. Or does he steal the moped? Uh, he steals it. So he steals. So- okay. So he shows up, shoots Miami man, steals the moped and takes Arlen with him. Well, he says to her, are you coming with me? Yeah. He's, and she's sort of wavering between the two of them. Yeah. I think maybe. Uh, but eventually she does. She goes, yeah, she with, goes the, with him. The assailant. And they head back to comfort and she get, she yeah. does get there. Um, and there's a bit of a montage of her trying to settle back into comfort, but she can't settle at all. So she leaves again. Yeah, still still don't know where the kid is. <laughs> no, no idea. The hermit manages to find Miami Man like face down in the desert because he's obviously been shot. Yeah. And he kind of nurses him back to health a little bit, doesn't he? And he's he catches a bird at one point, which made me yeah. cringe. It was horrible. And so <laughs> there's this bird like next to him and he just grabs it in his shirt and smashes it in the floor. So just before all that, Arlen's gone back to the scene of the shooting and she's found my Miami Man's notebook. Yeah. Um, and these these two sort of things are happening concurrently. Yeah. So she's found the notebook, and then we're seeing all this um, these bits where the hermit's sort of, as you say, sort of nursing Miami man. Yeah. And somehow Arlen manages to find a photocopier that works. Oh yeah, that's just in town. In but town, just in the middle of town. Explained. Yeah, it does. That does yeah. kind of get explained later. Yeah. Um, and she makes some photocopies of the notebook of the picture of the kid. And she she basically just passed them around out around town, saying, "Has anybody seen this kid?" And there's a bit of a montage of her, kind of asking if anybody's seen him, seen her. I am. Um, I liked this as well because she's gone to all this effort. She's passing <laughs> passing out all these uh, flyers, and then the kid just walks past. Yeah. <laughs> she even she even confronts Giovanni Ribisi's character, who is credited as the screamer. Oh really? Even doesn't though scream. he doesn't scream, <laughs> but that's what he's credited as. And he just talks nonsense at her, but he hasn't, he hasn't seen the kid. He just talks nonsense. And then some ladies with guns walk past her, and they're all pregnant, and they've all and they've got the kid with them. Yeah. And it turns out Honey's been living with the dream. This this sounds bonkers. The more we talk about this <laughs> film, the more bonkers it sounds. Um, it is nuts. Yeah, it, it's completely nuts. Um, Jim Carrey's character, the hermit, delivers Miami Man back to his original bike where he left it because for some reason he left that at the tip. Yeah. He didn't need, he just, I, I don't know. But you get a bit of vulnerability from Miami Man at this point because he turns back to Jim Carrey and he says, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. And the hermit goes back to his bike and he's like, to his bike, his shopping trolley, and he's kind of fumbling through it trying to find something. And he goes back to Miami Man and he gives him a snow globe and then he takes the Miami Man's knife in exchange as like a trade. I've, I've got to be honest, this bit was totally lost on me. <laughs> I think it was just trying to show you that he was crazy. Yeah. Because I, I was I'm, expecting I'm, him to I'm give s- him a compass or something. I'm sitting there looking for the symbolism here. Yeah, me too. I, I, and I'm like, well, how is, how is this going to help help him? But I think you're right. I think it was literally just to say, yeah, this, this hobo is an absolute... <laughs> this guy's a fruit loop. Crazy. Yeah. So I was, like, and, I was like, oh, he's got a map or he's got a yeah. compass or something. And he gives him a snow globe. And Miami man's just on his own now. He's yeah. got to, he's got to find his way. He's got a moped, but he's he is on his own. Arlen decides that she's going to go to where the dream lives. The dream's got like a proper building as a house, hasn't he? With like a pool yes. and everything. It's got like Roman columns and everything. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so she goes to that and he's there with all his ladies. And this is where it comes out that he's like the local drug dealer. There's a lot of drugs. A lot so, of drugs. There's like platters so like, of drugs. Yeah, so like two of the women are just um, balling up a load of bags of weed. Yeah. And then there's just, there is platters of pills and powder everywhere. Yeah. It's a, yeah, a smorgasbord. This is where Keanu Reeves gets to do a bit of acting because he says, he basically tells her about who he is and how he runs the, because he's the drug dealer, he runs the town. and Everybody relies on him. He gives her a speech about how the toilets work in the town. He does, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Because uh, he's basically he's, saying, it's a metaphor, isn't it? To, yeah. That you do the shit here, but then the shit ends up away from the town. He's just saying, you know, I don't, you know, I live like this, you guys live like that out there, but you don't have to worry about, you know, I've provided sanitation, yeah. food, you know. I, I. What, what more do you want, basically, is what he's asking her. Yeah. And he says to her, "What if you could have anything in the world, what would you want? And she deliberates for a little while and then she says, I want a time machine because I want to go back and make things better. I like that because I don't know what she was referring to. No. And I liked the ambiguity. Yeah. So was she referring to the murder? Was she referring to before she even came into um, the, bad batch. the desert? Yeah. yeah. I, I, just, I just thought that was, that was cool. Yeah. And he, he kind of says to her, yeah, but what do you really want? And she, this is the line of the film for me. She says, I want to be the solution for something. He kind of replies with, life is the dream, and what you want is the dream. And then he says to her, says to one of the other women, get a room made up for her, because he thinks he's got her now. He's like, she's in. She's the next one that's going to be preggers. Um, when she gets to her, her room's massive. She, he's, she's, oh, yeah. he's made it's up palatial. this really nice palatial room. Um, so she, when she gets in there, she's left on her own. She takes her leg off, and she's smuggled a gun, inside a hollowed out foot and it's kind of in pieces isn't it she re puts it back together in the room she does and she takes one of the girls hostage one of the ladies that's with the dream and she's got her at like gunpoint at the bottom of the staircase doesn't she and all the other girls are standing on the stairs and yeah they've all got oozes and stuff they're suddenly really heavily armed yeah it was cool it was cool and eventually she gets the kid the the dream gives the kid back to her and they leave together and they kind of drive off into the desert, don't they? Yeah, so what the 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 lady who she's got as hostage drives them in a golf cart. Yeah. And did you notice his golf cart? It was like a Rolls Royce. Oh, was it? I and it literally had the, the emblem on the hood and everything. It was the most pimped out golf cart I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she kind of drops that lady off, doesn't she? And eventually ends up on... This, she ends up just the two of them driving through this desert. Yeah. And they randomly... I don't know if it's randomly or if it was prearranged, but they bump into Miami Man. I, I think he, yeah, it was. He was heading was, towards comfort. They were heading away yeah, from comfort. Yeah, they're heading away. They just happened yeah. to be on the same bit of desert. Um, And he gets reunited with his kid. Arlen says to him, do you want to hang out? Yeah. And he says, no, go back to comfort. I don't want to be around you. Um, she says, I'm not going back there. I don't I want to go back, back there. there. I'm never going back there. And she says she likes it here. And she's kind of looking him up and down as she says it. And then she and they they hold hands. Yeah. But then the kid rips their hands apart. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. When's she going to tell him that uh, this is the this is the this is the woman, woman that killed her mother? Yeah. Uh, and then they all eat the kid's rabbit. Yeah. Over a campfire, and the film ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it as well. It's 
it's crazy. It's batshit crazy. It's the one of the most crazy films we've done. And we've done some it's, crazy shit. We haven't done a crazy film for a long time. I mean, season one um, was uh, synonymous with its crazies. <laughs> but this one would be right up there with things like Await Further Instructions and Bottom of the World and Murder Party. It, the first 40 minutes are amazing. Yeah. Like, really, really strong. Um, And then people start to talk and it goes in a real different direction. So... I thought for sure I was getting like a revenge thriller. Yeah. So she was going to go and uh, decimate Camp Hardbody. <laughs> and the fact that it turned into something completely different, this sort of trippy fever dream kind of thing. Um, I didn't not, I didn't dislike it. I, it went somewhere totally different than, than I expected. Uh, and I've, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. The the story's weak, if we if we're really honest. The story of she's she's adopted this kid because if she's killed her mother, she loses the kid and then she tries to get the kid back. It's, there's a weak story there. Yeah, but the way it's told and the some of the batshit crazy stuff that's in it is just fun. It's good fun to watch. It just uh, the some of the imagery and sequences and and the the cinematography's this. Looks amazing. Yeah. Um, the framing of some of these shots looks great. Uh, and it's just weird. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if partly it's because we've seen three or four weeks of quite, not bad stuff, but... Tame. Tame stuff. Well, that's, this whole season's been pretty tame. We haven't seen anything. This, is re- like... this really stuck out for me uh, compared to what we've seen in the last few weeks. Yeah, agreed. We used to watch crazy uh, films like this all the time. We've not done one for ages. I thought I really enjoyed the performances. I I, I I I thought Jason Momoa was quite. Uh, I thought he 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 really com- commandeered the screen. Actually, <laughs> he did. He, Although he he barely speaks, and when he does speak, it's really difficult to tell what he's saying. I I thought he was a really good presence. Feel quite empathetic towards him as well, don't you? Because it's like, yeah, he really does want this kid back, and that's all that he can focus on. But he's still a father. He is a bodybuilding he's, cannibal he's, psycho. Yeah. But, but he's still a the, father looking after his daughter. Yeah, and and Arlen's a similar character as well because Arlen's like she's not a very nice person. She has she, no idea where her place in this world. She is. isn't, and she kills that woman in cold blood. Yeah, for no reason, which sets up the whole rest of the film. She, she's not a likable main character, but at the same time, it's you, you kind of do feel for her as well a little bit because she's just been thrown into this situation, and they're all just trying to survive. Yeah, and she's she's obviously completely shell shocked of what's happened to her at the hands of the yeah she's uh, got a panels. leg and her arm off within the first five yeah. minutes of the film Keanu Reeves was great yeah he just turned up and he did Keanu Reeves for yeah ten minutes what he does best <laughs> um yeah this is so far from like John Wick or something <laughs> <laughs> and Jim Carrey's uh, great yeah and he has no lines he has no dialogue at all he doesn't have to do much acting and he just work, walks around with his shirt off and he's horribly over tanned body and he i can't stress to you enough how unrecognizable he is if you did not know that was jim carrey there's no way you're thinking oh there's jim carrey but he's brilliant (laughs) what he does do he's really good at i liked the ambiguity of the ending so arlen still doesn't know where she's going she knows she kind of likes this guy yeah uh, but come on it's gonna surely come out 
yeah at some not, point in not too much time that she you know when when honey whenever honey decides to say this is the woman that killed my mother yeah um but the fact that she would rather do that than sit in comfort um is really interesting yeah definitely this the least amount of dialogue i think we've seen in any of the films that we've done except maybe yeah and there's been a few where we've had uh, yeah mute characters <laughs> this year we've been at a film called mute I think there's hardly any dialogue in Hush. But other than that, I think this is probably the lowest one for the amount of dialogue. It manages to tell its story without making its characters talk. Yeah. And we do come across that quite often, but this time it's like to the extreme. And you can you can see why this would have attracted people, you know, reading this. It is oh yeah. it's not to- totally original. Obviously, uh, you know, it it really owes a lot to like Mad Max. Yeah. Um a lot of these, a lot of post-apocalyptic type yeah, films, but um, kind of. But it's just weird. It's proper it, weird. It's good. It's good weird. It is. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. It's loopy, but it's good. It's good fun. And and I would, it has definitely made me think I would like to check out, uh, like we said, what you know the the lady's director's previous film and to see what she does next. Yeah. Um. I would definitely uh, keep my eyes open. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, that film's called. Do you have a trivia question for me? Uh, I do. I've got two. Do you want to go first? I think it's your turn to go first. I can do. I've got two as well. Um, I'll do this one. Simple one. What's Arlen's inmate number? Uh, It is 5040. Correct. I knew you'd get that. This is the very first image in the film. Is her being tattooed on the head with this? Cool, excellent, <laughs> well done. Eight eight five. Yes. See if you pressure's on here now. Uh, I'll give you a simple one as well. Go for it. What's what's the tattoo on her other arm say? Oh, I don't know. I know she's got some cherries on her boob. Yeah, she's got a word on her. She's got a word on her arm. arm. What does it begin with? Begins with a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I thought I'd written down everything in this film. Begins with an S. Uh, I don't know. That isn't not in my sandwiches. Head. I thought I'd written down everything I could about this film because I need to get some of these back. I was sure you'd have written this down. No. No. It says suicide. Oh, damn it! What was your other question? Uh, the one you asked me. How oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Bollocks. My other, my other question was, what was the song that was playing when she had her arm chopped off? It was All That She Wants by Ace of Base. It was, well done. It, was, it had a really weird soundtrack, this film, because it had that. I, I liked it, and that was that was part of the trippiness, wasn't it? It was these sort of 80s, uh, quite chintzy uh, 80s, 80s and 90s songs. Yeah, it was like Culture Club played, Ace of Base played. It was really weird. That, that song was the first single I ever brought. Oh, was it? Yeah, all that she I think wants. I knew that, actually. All That yeah. She Wants by Ace of Base. At the same time as Dreams by Gabrielle. I brought them both on cassette on the same day. I was a cool kid. Uh, I would say the Ace of Base is a, <laughs> a distinctly better song than the Gabrielle one. 100%. Ace of Base are a top quality band. 8-5. <laughs> I'm falling behind. I need to get this back. It's not good times, Nick. Not good times. Should we talk? Oh, that's fine. Should we talk stream table? Yeah, sure. 
you want me to run through the whole thing? Um, or just the top I, half? I mean, or? if if you want to, I I I. I think we're talking top I, half, aren't we? Yeah. So let me, let me run through top half then. So from go on, then. I'll go from seven. So in seven at the minute is I Kill Giants. Uh, number six is Take Me. Number five is Mute. Number four is Peelers. Number three is First Match. Number two is Bad Day for the Cut. And currently at number one is Fast Colour. Where do you think this one sits, roughly? Personally, for me, this is this is my favourite thing we've seen this oh, season. Oh, you're putting it at number one? Yeah. Blimey, O'Reilly. I was not expecting that. I, this is... This is better than Fast Colour? Uh, I, this is my favourite thing we've seen this season. <laughs> is this film better than Fast Colour? Uh, objectively, is it better? I'm not sure that it is, but I enjoyed this more. Yeah, me too, I think. I I did enjoy this a lot. I don't know. Is it better than Fast Colour? Did I enjoy it more than Fast Colour? I really enjoyed Fast Colour. That's a tough I'd, one. I'd be, open, I'd be open to that conversation. I'd, I'd, it's, it's, um, it's definitely above uh, Bad Day. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one or two. I think that's... I was going to go with number two, if I'm honest. I mean, I'm not sure it would make one or two in in our season one or season two, but from where we are so far in in season three, uh, oh, hundred pers- percent. Like, yeah, it does. It's nowhere near personally, the top two. Personally, uh, I'd probably have it at the top. Okay, I can concede to that. I there's they're both really really good films. I still think there's better films out there that will be beaten that will get that will beat it this season. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but, I think that's doable. Like you say, it's not as good as Hush or The Dawn Wall, which finished at number one in season one and season two. But this season isn't. The films in this season have not been as good as the films in the last two seasons so far. Now, like I say, I I do wonder if if because this is wackier than some of the stuff we've seen for a few weeks, if that's affecting me a little bit. But I I really enjoyed it. I can. I'll, I'll do it. I'll put it at number one. I'm happy for that. I, I haven't stopped thinking about it all day today. I, I watched it yeah, last there's, night, and just loads to go with it. There is, yeah, to process. Um, do you want? Interestingly, as I was doing a bit of a uh, bit of reading after I watched this, hmm. uh, I found an article by Scott Derrickson. Do you know who he is? The name's familiar. So he directed Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and he was he was going to direct Doctor Strange too, but he was recently uh, <laughs> parted ways with Marvel. Um, so he wrote an article for a website in 2016 and said this was his favourite film of the year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so I'll find a link. Maybe we can tweet it out. Um, you know, I, I, I get that. I don't. I don't think it, I don't rate it that highly. No, but, but I can see why some people would, especially filmmakers. Yeah. I, you know, I said I'd know the name Scott Derrickson. Going back full circle, he was one of the guests on the Kingcast podcast. He, oh, was he? He did the Shining episode with them. That's a really good episode. Oh, there you go. Full circle. I love it when things go full circle. Yeah, I can see. Let's put it at number one, mate. I'm all right with that. Nice. I've got no, I'm, I'm not loyal to Fast Colour to the point where I would want to keep it at number one. Yeah, sure. Wicked. Got, New look, number one. Look, Who'd have formed it? There's so much. There's, not everything hits in this, but there's, there's so much going on and it's it's creative. And I, 
I've got to give it credit for that. I think you're right. I think the creativity and the, the mentalness of it distracts slightly from the fact that the story's not great, but everything else around it that builds it up and the characters and the relationships are really good. And it's fun. And that's all you can ask for from a film like this. Yeah, sure. It's sure. on for two hours and it flew by. Yeah. Right, next week's film. I'm put it out there straight away. I'm going to play my wild card this week. Oh, are you? I was thinking of doing mine. What if, I do, <laughs> what if you do yours and then I get on top of it and I'm like, nah, nah, you go for it. <laughs> do you want to play yours? I don't mind. No, no, you go for it. You sure? Yeah. I'm going to positive. play my wild card then. Wild card. Do you want to know what I'm playing it on? Yes, please. Zombievers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want to watch Zombievers. Zombievers appeared on Netflix a few weeks ago. It's a film about zombie beavers, and it seems right on my street. We've never done... Me and you kind of bond over films like that. Films like Sharknado and Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus. It's kind of where the idea... We've done loads of them. It's it's kind of where it all came from. The idea for this show came from, isn't it? So that that feels very apt. Yeah. And there aren't that many crazy monster films on Netflix. Things like Sharknado, Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus. We've done loads. Ghost Shark, all sorts. Also, what was that Mongolian death worm? Oh, we watched terrible. that once. That was awful. Oh, Zombie, which was about a zombie Osama bin Laden. Yeah, that was terrible. Alien versus Hunter, which was a ripoff of Alien versus Predator, which was all right. So, when I saw Zombievers appear on Netflix, I was like, I am all over that. Let's do that one week. That so is we're exciting. Doing yeah, we're doing it. it. So, do you want to hear the synopsis? Yes, please. A fun weekend turns into madness and horror for a bunch of groupies looking for fun in a beaver-infested swamp. (laughs) Enough said. Zombievers is an action-packed horror comedy. It's from 2014. Is it? I didn't realise it was that old. Yeah, it's quite quite old. So, yeah, I'm not going to bother with the randomizer. I I was going to run the randomizer and then go, ooh, I'm going to play my wild card. But I decided (laughs) not to. I'm just going to go straight in there. Let's watch Zombievers. Let's come back next week and talk about Zombievers and let's explain why it's going to the top of the stream table. (laughs) Okay, let's (laughs) see if that happens. (laughs) Cool. So yeah, go out, check out Zombievers this week and we'll come back next week and we'll talk about it. Cheers. Bye.